if you're here, you already sense there's something out there, something magical and mysterious, just waiting for you to find. And you've probably already discovered it isn't as easy as just thinking happy thoughts. You're not alone. Generations of shamans, philosophers, seers, and scientists have pursued this eternal quest. Where their ideas come together, you'll find powerful tools to cultivate magic and self-mastery in your own life. Welcome to the Magic and Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Donna Woodwell. I'm a former journalist, an author, a master astrologer, and a hermetic initiate, and it's my honor to be your guide. In each episode, I'll meet you at the crossroads of science and spirit, reason and intuition to help you discover the wisdom that works for you. Are you ready? The adventure awaits. Welcome everyone to this week's Magic and Mastery podcast. Sure, it's about magic and mastery, but what does that really mean? Well, at heart, it's about profound self-transformations and all the ways we create soul in ways that are magical and masterful in our own lives. Now, as soon as you have a chance to hear my guest's story, you'll know exactly why I invited her to be my first guest on the Magic and Mastery podcast. Amanda Poole Walsh is one of the most soulful women I have ever met with an amazing and inspiring story of self-transformation. Once upon a time, she was a businesswoman living in New York, having a hectic life, feeling drained and unhealthy. She was basically an unhappy muggle, but within just a few years, transformed her entire life and the lives of her family. She founded one of the most successful online astrology communities and has filled her own life and the lives of her two beautiful daughters with magic. So a warm welcome to you, Amanda. I'm so glad you're here today. Oh my gosh, Donna, that was the best intro. Thank you so much. And I am so honored. I mean, really honored to be your first guest on the Magic and Mastery podcast. And just, it feels like such a, such a full circle moment to be here with you. So thank you uh-huh. very much. Amanda, you're really sweet because, you know, full disclosure for everyone, Amanda and I have done a lot of podcasts together before. <laughs> so I was just joking beforehand that this was a little like a flipped interview for me and Amanda, because usually I'm on Amanda's side of the microphone, so to speak. So I'm really glad you're here today. And I'm looking forward, I'm truly looking forward to hearing the kind of advice that you have for people. Because your story, and you don't always get to tell it because you're often interviewing other people, is totally badass. And how you have gone from a place where you were, you weren't really thinking about magic or, or astrology or anything, and now you're surrounded by it. Let's dive in there. I love how you described me as an unhappy muggle (laughs) because, you know, maybe like or unlike people in your audience, I wasn't always, I I wasn't born magical like you guys, you know, like I know a lot of you have been tuned into the magical realms from a very early age and maybe I was, I just didn't know it, but I really grew up in a pretty like vanilla all American household. So yes, I was not thinking about astrology and I was not thinking about magic. But I was thinking about why. I was like, what is the point of all of this? Like, And I bought the party line hook, line, and sinker of, okay, you just work really hard. You build a life for yourself. You get married. You have kids. And you know the rest is history. And 
it just so wasn't my experience. So I like reached the pinnacle of what that storyline is for most people. I had success on all the levels that people would call success. And like you said, I wasn't happy. I really wasn't. And I, and I remember just being like, whoa, something's wrong with this equation because I'm supposed to be happy now. <laughs> and I wasn't. So, well, it was the birth of my first child that really like, it was like that moment of like, whoa, what's going on? And there's a big story around that. And I won't get into that, but essentially I started questioning everything that I had been told and everything that I had been taught and everything that I believed, like all the, um, what do they call them? Sacred cows. <laughs> all of the things that I had like held dear, I started questioning and just going, hmm, this all isn't making sense anymore. Took me on a big journey. You know, the, the, I decided to leave it all and just like find the truth and find a way to live a life that felt purposeful and meaningful. And I really wanted to be of service. I really wanted to help. And I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how to translate my skill set of like a business owner that I had been before into service. I had vague ideas, but I really didn't know how to do it. Anyways, fast forward, left New York City, moved to Hawaii, where my soul had always been called. It was like the place where I was driving around for the first time being like, oh my God, I'm home. Like, this is where I belong. And so I moved there. And at that point, like my entire reality fell apart. Every single thing that I thought about myself, my marriage, my financial stability, what I thought my life would be, you know, based on the reality I'd built, all of it came crumbling down. And this is when astrology came into my life. This is when magic came into my life. This is when spirituality came into my life. And I hung on to it like this anchor, you know, and it helped me through everything. And it helped me transform. It's weird because it doesn't really feel like transform. It feels like reveal. It feels like peeling away. Yeah. Peeling away layers and layers of illusion and untruth and programming. So yes. Every time I hear your story, I am so moved by how brave you were to basically take on the reality bubble that you had grown up in because you felt so confined in it and were willing to move past it and create something entirely new. I think a lot of our listeners want to get inside your head and say, how did you do that? How were you willing to take those first steps? If you could give people advice who might be so stuck and they don't know how to get started, or if someone had come to you and asked, how do I get out? What would you tell them? It's such a good question, Donna. And I'm really sitting with it because I know that there's people out there who are feeling anxious and scared and concerned and you know, I do this thing and maybe this is part of what has helped me is I have a really, really vivid imagination. And so I do this thing where I like project out, like if I'm on a path or a trajectory, I can like project out and watch it. Like, is that the end that I want? So when I would do that in New York City, when I projected out, I would see a life that I knew I didn't want to have. I saw a life where... I wouldn't know my daughter because I would be working so much just to maintain our lifestyle, which is what you do, you know, where I would be very unhealthy because the, the again, totally unsustainable, traveling all the time, eating out all the time, way too much alcohol, way too much toxicity. 
And I like could see it. And it's like, God, I know that's, I know that's not what I came here for. Like, I know that's not what I'm here to do. Okay. Well, if that's not the direction I want to go, then I actually need to change where I'm at right now because where I'm at right now is what's creating that. So then I would do the same thing with a different kind of reality. So I would like jump out and be like, okay, well, what if I, what if I like left it all? What if I moved to Hawaii? And, and what if I could, what if I could find something that would really, I'd be passionate about that could use my gifts and talents. And that would like make it a positive impact in like anybody's life, even if it's mine, just mine. And so I could see that and it's like, okay, well, I'm probably gonna have to make some dramatic changes in order for something like that to be the, the end. So I, I think that knowing that we in every single moment are creating our reality in every single moment, every choice. So what reality do you want? It's, it's like this enormous responsibility. Really, it's an enormous responsibility because you can create it on so many levels. And yes, things are gonna continue happening around us. And there's gonna be times where it's like, God, it feels like we don't have control, but we do. The most fundamental basic level of like what we take with our soul in the end. The only thing we take is the love in our heart. It's the only thing we take. So how do we do more of that? And I, and I, don't, I can't answer that question for anyone, but I knew when you say brave, it's hard for me because it's like, God, it's not like I, I didn't feel brave necessarily. I felt like the alternative was not an option. You know, and there were many times after I made the choice where I was like, God, why did I do this? This is not what I thought it would be. I thought I was going to jump and the net would appear. And I thought, you know, follow your bliss and doors open. And it was like, oh my God, that's, that's what's happening for me right now. It's like, feels like the opposite. What I realized is that the people writing those things wrote them like in retrospect. And the timeline isn't as fast as I would have wanted it to be, you know, but it, it eventually is true. If you stay the course, you know, if you stay in it and you keep doing the work, it eventually is true. But there's those moments in, in between where it's like, God, it certainly doesn't feel that way. So, and I, and I, and I always make a point of saying that because if anybody's out there and they're like, oh my God, I made the leap. I did the jump and like life sucks right now. Like everything's falling apart. That's also part of the process. You know, that like breakdown, that breakdown before the breakthrough. And I think that's so relevant for us as individuals right now, but also for us as a collective right now. I know it's got to get worse before it can become something new. It's kind of like if you've ever had a pet that sheds its skin or sheds its feathers, that molting experience, animals that are molting are never very happy. All their energy is pulling inward and they're kind of grouchy and they don't really want to go out in the world. But it's because they need that energy inside to grow the new skin and to grow the new feathers and become the new amazing thing they're going to be. It's just that in-between phases. I like the awkward years, <laughs> the awkward phase in between. It is the awkward phase in between. And that's the place where the real juice is, honestly. Right. That's the place where the magic is actually happening. I spent a lot of time in training to do very formal magic. But that doesn't mean bells and whipping up potions and things. And yeah, sure, I learned those things too. But one of the exercises my teacher gave me was to imagine that my life is like a monorail. And in the future is where I'm going and in the present is where I am. And it's one continuous thing. And to decide where I want to be in the future and get on the monorail and ride straight to it. And you came up with, all on your own, the same exact metaphor that my teacher used to teach me in a very modern, inspired, traditional kind of way. So that is magic. That decision 
to see the present and the future not as some disconnected things, but as one holistic construct that all move and breathe together. I think that's epic. I think it's so epic that even when you haven't studied magic, it's so profoundly present around all of us that it breaks through everywhere. And it's much simpler than we think. You know, it's like we, th like you said, we think we need to like be doing all these crazy spells and have a cauldron and all that. And maybe that's part of some of it, but so much of it is just understanding our energy and, and our ability to transform and transmute through the alchemy of our heart. Mm -hmm. Like literally our heart is so powerful. I remember, you know, so my divorce was really um, quite dramatic. <laughs> it's like made for made for TV kind of thing. And I had to work through a lot of emotions, jealousy, rage, betrayal, you know, the, the, the darkest of the dark, you know? And, and again, this is the grace or it's past lives. I have no idea, but I just remember being like, okay, I would feel where those emotions lie, you know, in the body. And then I would consciously be like, okay, can I rise them up? Like, can I bring them up into my heart? And, and can I see that? Like, again, the, the, the power of the visualization for me is huge because I could actually see it. There's been times where I would close my eyes and I could see like black tar literally having to be like lifted or removed from my body. And so it's like seeing those things and trusting that they're actually real, like something's actually happening when you're having those visualizations and you can work with it so consciously. I think of the cauldron like being right here in the heart and just be like, okay, like what's brewing in here? because that's the place where then it gets to go out from us and affect other people in a positive way. And what an example of someone sending out that aloha vibe. You have collected around you this amazing tribe based on the love of astrology, the love of the stars. Would you tell us a little bit about that experience? Hmm. You know, astrology has been a gift that has been given to me and so many of us right and we've all been given gifts and what do you do with a gift that you cherish that you hold sacred that you uh, respect you take care of it and then if you can you share it right so for me going through that time that dark night is when astrology came into my life and i was given the opportunity to create something around it and for me it was like oh my god wait i could I could share this. I could sh I could create a platform where the people who practice it get to share it also. Because when it came into my life, it was shocking. You know, I was like, I can't believe how powerful this is. And I can't believe that no one knows about it. Like, <laughs> no one knows. I mean, they know it kind of like how I did in the back of Vogue. But no one knows the the power of it and the depth of it and the nuances of it and the intelligence with which the practitioners that I was meeting, your brains are just like beyond all comprehension for me. So to have that opportunity to share it was thrilling, honestly. And you were on it, Donna was one of the most, one of the first people I talked to about the vision because the vision has always been, and it's, it's still taking form, but the vision has always been to make astrology accessible, tangible, practical, useful for people in their daily lives, just like it was for me, to, pr to provide an anchor for people who are looking for something, who like don't 
buy into some of the, the answers that have been given and are looking for something different and bigger. Astrology to me is this thing that gives us connection to ourselves and each other. It gives us purpose. You know, our purpose is written in that blueprint print and it gives us magic. Like those three things, because when you realize that like, oh my God, we're connected to the universe and we're electromagnetic fields and, and those planets are electromagnetic fields and we're all alive and we're influencing each other and, and it has an impact on my life and I can like see it and it's real. To me, it's, it's magical, but it's, and I'm not saying, but because magical is tangible and mag magic is real. So, but from, you know, we always think that magic is like out there, but it's like, no, it's, it's here and we can live it. And astrology for me is such a, a really quick, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it, it makes me realize that there's magic everywhere all the time. It's even like with what's happening right now in the world, because y'all have been talking about it forever, forever. Amanda, 2020, that's the year, 2020, pay attention. That's the year. It's like, okay, okay, okay. And just to know that you were seeing, you were reading something and to you, it's like clear as day, but to most people, they don't see that. So um, being able to share that with people and especially at a time like now feels really, really vitally important. Yeah, I, I do think that is one of the true gifts at the heart of astrology when you can get past the razzle dazzle part, which is fun. That's why it's entertaining, but there is a heart to it and the heart teaches us how to move and breathe with cycles that are bigger than ourselves. And I, I think that's an amazing lesson. Since you were relatively new to astrology and were inspired by it, it's been an interesting journey for you because you've gotten to meet world-class astrologers and be surrounded by them. Can you share one or two stories, some of your favorite, most moving moments that you have come across in your astrological adventure? Okay, there's two easily. One was the global eclipse meditation series that we did around the 2017 Great American Eclipse. And you were so instrumental in making sure that I did something for that event. Yeah, I was rather terrier-like. Yes, you were very <laughs> terrier-like. I loved it. When, when you do that, I listen. That event, and, and we called it anchoring love. I mean, because what was so clear is that it was an eclipse that was heralding massive change for our country and that we could play a role in that you know we could play a role in making sure that there was a vibration of love that was anchored on the planet and we came together thousands and thousands of us came together astrologers spiritual teachers and we used that occasion to come together to remember who we really are to remember our power and to do ceremony. I don't know that I've had a more moving experience besides having my children. And it was one of the most mind blowing experiences that I've ever had because the transformation that happened for me personally in hosting the event, but, and then also for the audience that tuned into the event, I mean, it was a journey. It was an experience. We started as one person and we ended as different. I continue to this day to have people saying to me, that was life-changing. Like that moment was life-changing because we came together on a pivotal astrological moment in alignment that was meaningful. And we, we met it with consciousness and we met it with our intention and it changed a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> That's magic to me. And then um, this recent 2020 astrology global forecast event, 
I cannot get over. Literally, we sat for three days, five hours a day, listening to different astrologers telling us about the energy of 2020 and what was heading our way and how we can work with it. I am reminded on a daily basis from people in the audience and also in my own life, how having that heads up, having that time to pre-digest information, having the foresight, it's just like if, if there was a huge storm that was coming and you're the person who like knew it was coming and could prepare versus the person who's like, oh my God, I just caught in the middle of the storm. Like it's pouring and I'm inappropriately dressed and all my plans are wrong. With, with that, that event, we were the ones who knew what was coming and it doesn't make it any easier to live through. It's still uncomfortable. But when you have someone in January saying, hey, things are gonna get uncomfortable, learn how to get comfortable with discomfort, learn how to get comfortable with uncertainty, check your relationship with fear and do your practices, make sure you're prioritizing self-care, all these things that right now I'm like, damn, like this is real, this is real. And it's time for us to be doing all those things that we knew we we're supposed to be doing, like take care of our bodies, take care of our energetic fields, take care of, of our vibration, really be mindful of, of the contribution we're making energetically. You know, are we adding to the fear and hysteria or are we holding, are we anchoring the love? Are we holding the light? Two very different stances, two very different responses. And so anyways, the 2020 forecast event, and I, and I actually have the advantage of like the 2020 prep series on the podcast, even before the 20. So I've been talking about 2020 since October with different astrologers and just, and the fact that it, whenever you guys come, come and it's unanimous, like whenever every single one of you is saying the same thing with, of course, your own words. And I know it's not like you're just saying it because everybody else said it. Like, no, you're seeing something, you, you know, something is happening. I pay attention and I, I plea with the audience to pay attention as well. Like, Hey guys, like we got to listen to this. What I've experienced is that aligning our ceremony and our magic with astrological events is extraordinarily powerful. And so that's just, you know, to answer your question, that's just a few. But, you know. <laughs> just a few. So you get a chance to talk to people who are coming to astrology, some who are brand new, some who have been doing it for a long time. How do you think your personal story of transformation has made you more resonant, more open, more sympathetic, empathetic, with the people in the community. You spend a lot of time doing Facebook Lives and talking to them in the Astrology Hubs community, um, the inner circle. How do you value those difficult experiences that you've had? They are the gifts and gems of my life that I get to share. I can be empathetic because I've been there. I, I, I like, not even that long ago. Like, you know, like, this has been a transformation that's been like seven years. Well, no, no, no. I mean, Madeline's 11, so 11 years. But like the real dark period, you know, it hasn't been that long. So I'm not that far away from being able to viscerally feel how I felt. Actually, today I was reflecting on how I felt after 9-11. And I had just left New York a month before because I had done an internship there for in between my first and second years of grad school. I was... A mess. I was in, in grad school in San Francisco. I was li living at my parents' house across the bay. And so I had to drive to, to or take BART to San Francisco to go to school. 
I wouldn't go to class because I kept that very active brain of mine kept having visuals that I'm not even going to say because I don't want to put the visual in your head, but I kept having visuals that made me terrified to even go across the bridge and go to school. And one of my professors reached out to me and she said, you're having a very extreme reaction, a very extreme fearful reaction. I think you need some help. And I remember going, but I'm like valid in this fear. Like I, I have something to be afraid of, you know? And I thought she was being mean to me, you know, but I just, I can remember how it felt to be so paralyzed. And I also remember when I was going through those dark years of the soul, we need to rename it. Dark night of the soul is just not appropriate. Dark years of the soul. I remember thinking if I can someday lend a helping hand to people who are in this position, I'll do it. You know, if I can, and, and, and actually knowing that I might be able to do that someday actually helped me get through that time. And, and be like, okay, well, if I might end up on the other side of this, and if I could help people on the other side of this, what are all the lessons I need to learn right now? You know, so I can like pull them, you know, as, as, as compassionately as possible. So for me, it's, it's not a stretch. You know, and I've also like lived life with the veil completely down. The, I know the consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a gift too, to have experienced both sides of it so, so clearly. So it's, I don't have the, I don't have the, judgment or the like, how could you? Because I've done it. I've been there. I think that was one of the most difficult concepts in my magical training to wrap my head around was exactly what you just said, that of course I'm afraid. There's a reason for me to afraid. This is the way it is. And that really rigid attachment to what I saw was the truth and not recognizing that it was more of a truth with a little T instead of a big T because it was being filtered through my perceptions about what was happening. And that if I could change my perceptions about what was happening, I would change my relationship to the situation. So I think, again, you have learned these things without having a tutor, which means to me that it's the way the world is wired that you don't necessarily need to have a tutor. What you need to do is listen to your heart and watch what is happening around you. And these things are going to just emerge from the soup of the human condition because this is who we are. You know, though, Donna, there, there were a lot of guides along the way, not formally the way you studied. When I moved to the big island of Hawaii, I definitely attracted in some like angel figures who helped me a lot. So I think... It's a combination. And today we have podcasts and we have we have access to information. So if, if we're setting the intention to become the highest version of ourselves, the teachers and the people and the messages, and maybe it's just like one off podcast here and one off email that you read here, but like the information's there. So then you're going to attract it in, right? Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of it, you know, yes, we listen and, but that, but that initial, I call it the sacred yes, because I think that sacred yes is that big boulder we throw in the middle of the lake that just ripples out. And so when you give that sacred yes of like, okay, I'm going to do it. I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to be on my path. I'm going to live the highest version of my life. I'm going to do what I came here to do. Like that to me is that moment of sacred yes. And then the people, the lessons, the experiences, they, they come. 
There is such a difference in the energy of a big old yes than a yes, but. Mm. And the but just makes it all fizzle. The but takes away everything you said before it. Mm -hmm. That's why I corrected my butt earlier in this podcast. Remember I said magic, real, like it feels real magic butt. And I was like, no, 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 magic is real. There is no butt. Well, that's the other thing too is, and I know you must talk about this a lot in your magic school, but not but The power of the spells that we're casting with our words and the power of the spells that we're casting with our visualizations, because those are what become real. The pattern that we bring in just starting with our level of our thoughts and then surround ourselves with it. Mm -hmm. So epic. What a journey we are all on. And you brought up 9-11, which seems like a very good segue to what's going on in this 2020 world. We are clearly in a difficult time. We have coronavirus spreading around the world at a rapid pace. We are just on the precipice of a pandemic that will either range wildly out of control, or we will band together and find ways that we can at least slow things down enough that we can hang on for the ride, so to speak. So how has this been talked about in the Astrology Hub community and the larger community? And what are you recommending for ways to combat the fear, the anxiety, or anything else that might be coming up around this? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it's remembering that everything, including you, are energy and vibration. And that love is stronger than fear. And although it doesn't seem like it right now, it is. And I believe it's extraordinarily important for us to protect our energetic fields, be very careful about the sensory input we're allowing be very careful about the conversations we're engaging in. Be very careful about the script that we're writing for humanity, because I believe we do have an impact on the script that we're writing for humanity. And so to me, this is the time that it becomes even more important. It's like, put your money where your mouth is. The fear is raging around us. And are we going to like get washed up in the white water? Like I, I always think of the ocean when I think of these things, because if you've ever been brought down by the undertow of a wave, you know how it feels and you know that there's this the instinct to panic, but panicking is the worst thing you can do. You will get taken under if you panic, if you surrender and yes, look for the light and swim up there as soon as you can and hold your breath and do all the things you need to do to survive, but don't panic stay calm, stay loose, stay fluid. And I believe that that is the most important thing we can be doing right now is staying as strong energetically as possible. So for you, if that means meditation every day, if that means movement, if that means plant, you know, herbal remedies, if, if it means all of the above, if it means crystals, you know, everything, bring in your practices, bring in your disciplines now more than ever. One of the things that the astrologers said during the 2020 forecast marathon is it's showtime. Like <laughs> take your positions, put on your costume. If you have to imagine yourself with a cape and you're Wonder Woman, I don't care. Like whatever you believe you came here to carry, to say, to do, to be, to resonate, to 
to share, this is the time. This is the time. And it's, did we think we'd be like incubated from whatever's happening and then we get to show up and oh, we'll be the love and the light, but we're not affected by it. No, like we're in it with everybody. Those of us who are awake and aware and responsible for our energy, like this is the time more than ever that we have to be so diligent, so disciplined about what we're allowing into our sphere. And I hope that's translating. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Like, yes, wash your hands, but remember that you are an energetic being. Like wash your field, you know, wash, wash your, um, your thoughts, wash your, uh, your words. <laughs> and let's like, just tap into, tap into that deeper sense of purpose for why you're here. And again, it sounds so cliche, like I feel it sounds cliche, I feel it sounds new age, but it's this holding the light. I, when I went through my priestess training, there was a period, like a, a commitment that we made to the legions of light, to the force of light. And that as priestesses, we were committing to hold that light. And this to me is like, this is the time. It's like when a, when a woman's birthing, and, and it's chaotic and it's crazy. And she thinks she's dying. That's when the doula and the midwife are holding the space. Like that's when they're showing up stronger than ever They're And they're drinking their fluids and they're, they're making sure their bodies are strong and their energy is strong. And they're there. Like that's us right now for humanity. And we are resourced. We can do it. We're not alone. Like we have each other and we have more than meets the eye. So tapping into those, those resources that you've been cultivating a relationship with for hopefully years, you know, there's a reason why there was a wave of people who woke up first, or it's not even first. I mean, come on, waves of humanity have been waking up for a long time. But if I'm just going back to 2012, just to my little, little blip of a, of a incarnation on this planet, 2012 is when a lot of people like started to wake up, right? People like me, muggles. Like the other, otherwise muggles like are like, whoa, what's going on here? There's like some other things I never knew existed. So there was a wave of consciousness that was awakening. And why? Like there's, there's an intelligence behind that, that that's in the design. So we, we got to wake up. We got to go through freaking our lives falling apart and shit hitting the fan much earlier. And everybody else like just kind of plodding along thinking, I remember going places and being like, oh my God, nobody else's life is falling apart. Like, how come everybody like everything still seems really normal, like just the way I left it? Well, now things are shifting. And it's not that I would ever wish that upon anybody. It's just there was this premonition that I think many of us, this anticipation that we knew, like, okay, like do the work now, practice now. When marathon runners, when they get tired, what do they do? They fall back on their practice. They fall back to the level at which they were training. And that's us right now. We are going like in those this tumultuous time, we have to do our practices and stay strong as much as possible. And we will fall back on our training. So the things that we have been doing to cultivate our strength are now becoming the lifeline. And it's it's not just sweet to do meditation in the morning or to do whatever your practices are. It's like, this is the time where we really have to be doing it. It's like air and food. <laughs> it's air and food. It's it's air and food and washing hands. It's like it's, <laughs> it's the basics. It's the fundamentals. And and then and then 
being so mindful about the virus that fear is and the contagious nature of fear and knowing that what we say to other people, it, you know, it jumps off us and it goes to them. So just be responsible for that because we know that it's true and we've experienced it. I'm like, that in, in the matrix, the Smiths, it's like the perfect visualization of how it morphs and becomes someone that you thought you knew now is, is overcome by it. And now there's, now they are fear. Now they are Smith, you know? So breathe, breathe, surround yourself with people. Listen to Donna's podcast, <laughs> your magic, surround yourself with people that are giving you the messages that make you feel good. No head in the sand. I'm not talking about head in the sand messages. I'm talking about empowering, respectful, soulful messages that, and you can only be the, the judge of that and how it lands on you. Like what I'm saying right now may or may not land on you in the right way. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying you're the one to feel it through your field and feel if it's resonating with you. And does it make you like cramp up and go, oh my God, I'm so scared. Or does it make you go, oh, wow. Okay. I remember who I am. You know, I, I think your story is so very important right now. Your story of self-transformation because in essence, this is one of those moments when the entire world is going through that process of self-transformation. Just like you mentioned 9-11, it was a process of self-transformation. And where we ended up was a function of what we went into it with. Because it was the seeds that we were carrying that blossomed into what came next. And this is another moment like that. And we have historical precedents. I mean, f the worst pandemic to hit the planet was the Black Death in the 1350s. Swooped in from Asia, tore across the planet. And it was much more serious because we had no antibiotics and it wiped out 50 to 60% of the population in some towns. Completely transformed the economic reality, transformed the political reality, transformed the environmental reality because it, things shifted so much so fast we ended up in a little bitty ice age. It also gave us the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance and some of the greatest works of art we have ever produced as a species came out of this moment and the people who had lived through this moment. What does that say about our process? Sometimes, sometimes as an astrologer, it's easy to understand that when we're dealing with human beings, individual human beings, we can see them pick up and do the most fantastic things as individual humans. The transformation is epic. It's like watching the lotus or the or the rose unfold before you but sometimes then you go and you look at like the societies and the way they transform it's like uh, uh that's a little disappointing it's <laughs> a little disappointing we could have done better on that one <laughs> but if people are holding the space if the midwives are here to hold that energetic space from that grounded and centered place. You know, we are holding the seeds for what can come next. And this is a choice point. We are right now, as we're recording this, at sort of an inflection point for the coronavirus worldwide. We talked about whether it's going to be 
something that we learn how to live with and manage or if it's going to be something that just takes off. And the choice for that is us. It's us on, and it's us on all levels. So I think it's a powerful time to stand up, speak out, be loud, be heard, and hold that space. Because if it's not us, you know, who is it going to be? Exactly. You know, Donna, um, when I I would hear stories of like World War II and like Nazi Germany, and, and there were people that responded differently, right? There were people that went into fear and did atrocious things because they thought that they had to or else they would die, which probably was true, right? Like if they if they went against the authorities, they would get killed. So that was a reasonable thing to be concerned about. But then they ended up doing things that they were not proud of, you know, very atrocious things. Then there were people that knew that if they went against the authorities that they could get killed, but they still did what was right. They still helped the Jewish people. They still created places in their homes for them. They still, you know, look at the Civil War. They still they still made tunnels for the slaves, you know, all those things. And I've always wondered, like, which side of it would I have been? Who would I have been? I don't know, because you can equally see that, like, one takes some serious courage. And the other one is like, well, in some ways, were they smart because they were self-preserving and blah, blah. And I think that's this moment for a lot of us. Like we get to see like what we're made of or, you know, like how we would respond or react. And one is a very superficial and the other is a deep act of making soul. And again, only you know what that looks like. Each person. What does it look like to make soul for you? Like, what does it look like to align with your path for you? What does it look like to be like the Egyptians, you know, how they wet, they, they weighed the heart against what, what is it? You're so much better at remembering a A feather. Easy. Thank you. But like, which one is going to make your heart as light as the feather, you know, and which one would weigh heavy on your heart. So each one of us has those decisions to make on our, in our own microcosm of our life. And then it ripples out. You know, if everybody's looking at it that way, then, you know, I have great faith in humanity. I know, Donna, you've always, <laughs> like, I really do. And, and, and I, I believe that there's many of us who, who are step going to step up right now. Many, including many of your listeners. I'm looking forward to it. Not the difficult parts. I mean, as you said, it's never easy to be in situations that are physically difficult. And there are reasons to be scary, but um, it's also the opportunity of a lifetime. It's a good thing we don't have to go through major pandemics on a regular basis, but my shamanic teacher used to say that old souls don't sign up for easy lives. (laughs) (laughs) So that was her way of saying life isn't fair. (laughs) She would just calmly say, old souls do not sign up for easy lives. And, but there's something to be said for that, that, we are forged with heat and fire and and difficulty in order to become something more, something deeper in order to to make soul. And I know you've worked a lot with that idea of making soul and finding out what our soul purpose is because Astrology Hub has a pretty epic program on finding soul. 
so yes, we have, which you are one of the teachers in, we have a course called Your Soul Purpose. And it helps you look at five different points in your astrology chart and translate those points into clues about your purpose. And I think we're always looking for like the one-liner, like I'm here to blank, but soul is so much more complex and nuanced than that. But the beautiful thing about this course and the way that it's taught, it's taught by very soulful, they happen to all be women um, astrologers. And we have one life coach at the end of who is a man that you can look at these points in the chart and the energy of those points speak to you and give you clues about your path and give you clues about what it is that you're meant to do here in this lifetime. And also indicators for where you might be off path. You know, like if, if there's areas of your life where you're feeling depressed or anxious or completely unfulfilled, then there's things that you can look at in your chart to be like, okay, well, maybe I'm, maybe it's really simple. Maybe I'm not expressing my son. Maybe I am not expressing my, maybe I'm not caring for the needs of my moon. Maybe I'm not, you know, so there's these clues that this course is really good at highlighting. And for anybody interested in learning more about it, we are going to be doing some free webinars at the end of March. Donna will be featured in the webinars. So you can come and, and learn some really uh, get an overview of the points that we do look at and start to decode it for yourself. And we, of course, have all of the links for how you can sign up for these webinars in the show notes for our Magic and Mastery podcast. So all you got to do is go to magicandmastery.com slash podcast and click on that link. Click on that link and sign up and you won't regret it. The webinars are um, free too, by the way. I don't know if I said that. But yeah, so you can just come check it out and see if, you know, if at this point in time, it's important for you to get more clarity on what that path is more. I know there's been many times in my trajectory where I'm like, I know I'm meant to be doing something, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> so this can be a fast track to that. And it's such a profoundly perfect time to be doing this work. I had a conversation with a member of my coven the other day, and I, I don't know how I can have time for you know, self-examination and self-transformation when the world seems to be falling apart. And I'm thinking, well, this is the perfect time for oh, yeah. self-transformation because if your world is, is changing, if your actual physical daily rhythms are being changed and out of your control, that's a blessing. That's a blessing because it gives you an opportunity to rethink because all your habits are being broken anyway. And mm -hmm. so these are the moments. These are the, the, the times when you have an opportunity to go, all right, I'm not going to do what I habitually do because that's blocked. So what would I do instead? Mm -hmm. And then build that habit. It sounds like a lot of us are going to be spending a little extra time indoors, away from other people. It gives us a chance to connect on deeper levels with community in different kinds of ways. And that's what we're doing right now is we're having bedtime stories in the coven. Oh, what can I we do? That. What can we do for people? And so I just started pulling books off my shelf and reading to people for 15 minutes every evening. So they have a little extra, a little extra treat at the end of a hard day. Donna, and that's such a great call. I've been trying, I've been thinking about how I can serve my community better too. At this point, something like that is so sweet. 
and so needed because then you know you you remember you're not alone there is goodness like last night i took a picture of the sunset and i was like the sunset's so gorgeous there's things to be grateful for can we find our gratitude even with all this that's really important right now and sometimes those reminders you said it earlier look for the light find that stream of light because we need it as people who hold communities open it helps us remember, but in us remembering, we can sort of have ripples out that encourages other people to remember too. And as we all find the light and support one another through these moments, we are much more likely to come out of the other side with a vision that we're proud of or a vision that we believe in or a vision that heals and rejuvenates and is joyful. Now's the time. Now's the time, baby. We're, right, we're here. We're in it. So back to the Soul Purpose course. This is the greatest moment to do this kind of work because it gives people an opportunity to reflect on who are you? Why are you here? What do you want to do? And when I talked to my clients about astrology, I said, you know, it's not, it's not stamped on you. That It's not limiting you to say you are this. Because that's just a word. It, it's giving you a way to think about yourself and your purpose that directs the conversation in a way to help you get to the answers for yourself faster. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to be transforming, you know, why not take the road that's faster? <laughs> Hey, I, you're talking to a Capricorn woman who loves it too. <laughs> so I'm with you. It's like, why do it the hard way? Let's do it the efficient way, of course. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, what do we have? We have our soul. So this is the great time. I mean, while we're faced with these big things, it's like coming back to you, coming back to your soul, co coming back to your why. Why are you here? Why are you alive? What is life to you? What do you value? Yeah, these are these are really big, important questions. So very important questions. Yeah. So after the end of all of this transformation, or knowing that for your kids, your those beautiful girls, that going through this coronavirus experience is going to be one of those things that shapes their generation, just like nine eleven shaped the millennial generation. If they were to ask you, "Hey, mommy, what what did you do? What did you contribute? What would you want them?" to know hmm. that makes me cry thank you i like have tears in my eyes because it, every day i'm having these conversations with them what i want them to know that i contributed was as much positive uplifting loving energy as i could possibly muster and that i helped them stay calm and i helped them realize where real safety comes from and that i taught them that their internal environment is the most important thing that they have that they can control. And um, if they can look back at this and say, you know, mama was strong, mama was calm, mama, mama like helped me feel okay. And she helped lots of other people feel okay too. It's like, oh, oh that's good. And they do call me mama and it's the cutest thing. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> I just love it though. Um, but yeah, Donna, how about you? Like, what, how would you answer that question? Can I just do that? I'm sorry, I can't help you it. Can, you can, of course, do that. I may not answer you, but in this case, my daughter is a little older than yours. She's 15. So she's more aware of what's going on in the world. 
dispelling the fear for her was really important as the first thing. She's, she's becoming aware of her own mortality in a way that, you know, you have to grow into it at some point in time. And then really for her, it's about learning how to be connected to a larger community. Um, it's fascinating to see her make the connections of, oh, I want to wash my hands, not so just I don't get sick, but so that I prevent other people from getting sick. And so I think if she comes out of this with awareness that the choices that she makes aren't just for her, they matter in so many ways she may not even realize. Mm. And that's what makes it even more important that we find that center, we find that heart, we shine that light because it's going to have an impact in ways we can't possibly imagine. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming and being my first guest today. Was there anything that you want to share that I forgot to ask? Donna, we've just, we just covered the globe right there. I can't think of anything else that we didn't talk about. We got this, you know, we got this, like, it's, it's going to be okay. I just, I feel really clear. It's going to be okay. And we are going to be different on the other side of it. We are going to be different. And, and I don't know very many people who would say that they were super stoked about the way things were before, <laughs> you know, if you talk about the structures, I mean, most people were not super happy with the state of the world on various levels. And so, yeah, let's transform it for the better. And we don't know yet, you know, we don't know yet what the storyline is, but, but I do know that we each have our own choices to make. So I love the mantra of life is happening for me, especially in times like this, where it's like, really? Wow. I mean, I remember there's many times in my life where I'm like, really? It certainly doesn't seem that way. I'm really choosing this. Uh, I don't think so, but it is. Life's happening for us. On some deep level of soul. Of soul. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as I said, folks will be able to find you through the links that are in the show notes at magicandmastery.com slash podcast. But why don't you tell us anyway? just how to find all the amazing stuff that Astrology Hub does. Mm, we're in the process of redoing our website, finally. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, you can go to astrologyhub.com, but you're not gonna get much there <laughs> at this point. Um, at the end of April, it should be done. And in the meantime, you can check out our podcast, the Astrology Hub podcast. Wherever your favorite podcasts are. Yeah, exactly, wherever your favorite. And you can go to Instagram and Facebook post daily on Instagram. Um, our free Facebook group is the Astrology Hub Global Forecast Community. So if you want to go in and join a conversation around astrology, you can do that there. So yeah, those are all the places. Well, again, Amanda, thank you so very much. I feel blessed that you are my first guest. I feel blessed to be here. Thank you so much. Don't they much. say you always remember your first? <laughs> yes, I'm your first. That's you were my first too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. I recorded this podcast episode a few weeks ago with Amanda Poole Walsh. As you can tell, the world's an even more different place now than it was then. I'm so glad that you stayed with us and listened to our conversation. I think there's a lot of very valuable notes there. As I mentioned in this session, if you want to know more about this week's episode, please check out the show notes at 
www.magicandmastery.com slash podcast. And of course, I love getting feedback. It helps me know what makes you jazzed so I can provide more of the good stuff. So it would mean so much to me if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast. And if you like it, why don't you share it with a friend? Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to talking with you soon.